2: Hey what's up guys welcome to the RV gaming unfiltered show. I am Stephanie RV. Your ho- your host here on the Believe Sports podcast network. I'm super excited because this is our first episode. This is episode zero 01, episode number 1. This this means a lot to me because this is a project I wanted to start for so long but actually never Never had an idea on how to do it. Uh, I just needed some time and some people. And the belief people here, uh, they're awesome. And they said, Start a show, start a gaming show on our network, and we'll end everything else. So here I am today. What's my first podcast? And why is it Gaming Unfiltered? It's pretty simple. I just want us to be able to chill, talk, and not really have any do i do i dare to say professionalism <laughs> i just want to have fun and my first guess because i was a little nervous to start this show let's be real my first guess is i want to say a friend of mine but he can confirm that himself uh, simon Marais, president of dreamac canada simon how are you doing
0: good 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 good
2: <laughs> first of all I can first, confirm. yeah we're friends yes <laughs> First of all are uh is this your first podcast?
0: Yes, it is
2: are you excited? as yes, much as I am
0: I'm yeah,
1: as well <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so there's a couple of reasons why I wanted to start with you. Yes, you're a friend, but also I think you're what you're doing right now for eSports and just gaming overall in Canada is beyond surreal, so I wanted to talk about that um believe is from la but i have the i have the freedom to talk about everywhere in the world and i think dreamac is pretty international so we can talk about it on our show um are you ready to be unfiltered simon and talk about yes. the real things
0: <laughs> Yes, i'm ready
2: <laughs> okay first of all you guys just came out from your biggest event uh i want to say uh, in canada but is it like the biggest dreamac um also US included or are Dreamax in the USA bigger
0: um i think of course it was our biggest event in Canada like it was our third year uh in Montreal and we more than double our like attendees compared to last year so of course it was a big su- success for us and i'm really happy with it um i don't know if it was our biggest event in north america uh we were close to what we did in denver last year uh, I still think Austin was a bit bigger than us this year. I don't know for Atlanta that will be happening in seven days, like one week uh, mm-hmm. next weekend. But we're now in the same like same quality level as the U.S. event uh, in Montreal with the new venue and everything that we brought to the event this year.
2: And you're not just saying that because um... – Lake, just because you're proud, but you also work for these events in the U.S., am I right?
0: Yes, yes. So I'm working on all the U.S. events, uh, helping the event team, the operation team, and as well as helping also the Swedish events, so DreamHack Winter and DreamHack Summer. Of course, the U.S. event or North America events are far from the event in Sweden, but maybe sometime we will get there and have something as big as the Swedish event.
2: Is there like a world ranking for all the Dreamac events and where would Canada and the US stand in that DreamHack world ranking? I don't
0: know if we really have like a world ranking about, uh-huh. about like Dreamac event, but I think we're getting better and we're like going higher in the ranking uh, since the first year. and. But I don't know if there's really a ranking and probably in the top five, I will say, whatever that means. What's and your
2: favorite one? Let's 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 talk real. Which DreamAck event <laughs> is your favorite one? And why is it Montreal? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but which one is your favorite that you ever attended?
0: I think my favorite one is currently Dreammax Summer. Uh mainly because this is the biggest one with the outside area, also like the big stage, the opening ceremony with like fireworks, music, uh all the aspects like five thousand BYOC seats and more. Uh more bigger expo area. I think it's my favorite favorite one. And that's probably the one that I want to aim to bring Montreal to that level in the future. So that's that's my favorite one. Yeah. There,
2: Let's assume we have one or two person that have no idea what a DreamHack event is. Um, I'm going to try to explain what it is, and you can tell me if that's true. So obviously, if you're listening to this, you know a little bit about gaming and um, probably Esports fans. So DreamHack is one of the biggest, I want to say, world tour events across the world where you have an open uh, gaming festival where fans and pro gamers can meet up and kind of enjoy gaming content. Could that be a good uh, description or do you have a better one?
0: Like Dreamhack is really unique and like it's kind of like gaming event uh, with the festival part. Like we really have all three main aspects with the esports. So we have like big tournament with pro player uh, with big prize pool So that's one of the biggest part, but we also have the BYOC, so the more casual, more friendly aspect where people can meet during a weekend and bring their computer and play in small tournament uh, over the weekend. And we have like also activities, the expo with partners uh, and everything. So it's really all those aspects that made the Dream Act what it is right now.
2: Yeah, and I don't think there's a lot of events right now that are able to top that as far as I know. Uh, You guys can tell me on social media if I'm right or not, but I think that this is probably um, the best out there for fans. okay so let's talk about your beginnings at DreamHack because for those who might not know um Dreamac was actually not your first gaming event that you're president of um you were also president of LAN ts one of the biggest canadian byoc tournament um and if i'm not mistaken your team at LAN ETS brought the byoc uh event as big as it is today you went from like I don't know, like 500 people to like a 1,000 people and b- took out the event from the school to like a big conventional, is that right?
0: Yeah, that's right, so I might start with, we can start even before LAN ETS, so. Yeah, like, really? Yeah, LAN party, like more big, not the one that you do like in your basement uh, with your friend, with like four friends. Uh, my first big LAN party was the Pearl LAN 9, Oh uh, my
2: god, are you serious?
0: Yes, I didn't it. know you
2: were that old school. <laughs> no! My first Pureland was Pureland 5, I think. Yeah, 9. so I wow. started
0: during CEGEP, uh doing Pureland 9 and 10. And of course, it was like a small 200 BYOC. Mm-hmm. Uh, land party but still that was my first and that's how it's all started for me so that was over we,
2: 10 years ago right maybe, maybe more than yes, that
0: i think 20 uh 2008 something oh wow probably 10 years ago something like that so i started with this and we were volunteering during land ets at that time so that was like oh i need i want to go to ets because of LAN ETS,
2: mm-hmm. so
0: I can help do that event. So
2: you chose Lan e- you chose ETS school to participate in LAN ETS?
0: <laughs> e- kind of, yes. Oh, <laughs> so that, that is
2: really amazing. <laughs> I love it.
0: So uh, I, since my first year at ETS, I was working uh, with the LAN ETS crew team to build the event. So I think uh, on my first year in 2011, uh, Probably at around 700 BYOC at that time. So, with other colleagues, we brought the event. Uh, we add more space inside the ETS up to, I think, do 1200 BYOC seats. Uh, but we still, I think, when the last year we did it, the event in at the ETS, we sold the tickets in like three hours. Yeah. So, we wanted to bring the event to a next level. So, that's why in 2016, we went to Place Bonaventure. So, I helped lead that project, but of course, I didn't do that alone. Uh, I was with the Lani TS team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, go.
2: Yeah, Is no, I was about <laughs> to say, you all, you like, it's it's crazy to me. I, I need to know, are you a, even a gamer, Simon? Do you game?
0: A little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a big gamer, but yes, I play game, of course, and I'm all mainly playing one game, Dota 2, mm-hmm. uh, since the beginning since Dota 1. Uh, and I didn't really play other game. Sometime I will try some stuff. I'm playing a little bit of PUBG and other stuff, but my main game is uh, Dota 2.
2: Do you even have Dota 2 events at DreamHack? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Your favorite game? Do you have
0: it's Dota Because of two the TI and the timing of TI it's really hard to have
2: oh yeah, uh, yeah Dota yeah.
0: in Montreal. But last year in Atlanta, we had uh, Dota 2 major uh, with mm. Dreamlee. So I was really happy about it, of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I watched some games during the event. And I'm always, um, in the past two years, I went to the TI just to watch some Dota, even if it's like three weeks before Montreal. It was rough, but still. Wow, kind of
2: that, bring, that brings me to, OK. So I want to talk about something a little bit more complex. Um, you know how, for example, Counter Strike and Dota, they have these open tournaments. While League of Legend, it's all regulated, and same same thing for Overwatch. How complicated it is? Is it to run an event like DreamHack when you have no idea about the dates? Like I know every year for CS:GO, it's the major is almost at the same time as DreamHack Montreal. It's always a problem for you guys. Um, and at the same time, you know you can't run like International League of Legends tournament, um, like. How difficult is it to build your roster for a DreamHack Montreal or DreamHack event every year when you don't know the dates of any of the other tournaments and you're competing versus the LCS, the Overwatch League, the, the like PUBG stuff and everything that is super restricted and hard to get?
0: Of course, it's really hard to, to know. We always try to find tournaments that the attendees will like to watch. Uh of course like for the past three years we have we had CSGO in Montreal, but like it's always like you said at the same time as the major. So we don't have big team, but still we have teams that are nice to watch that are better than BYUC tournament. So it's still nice to bring those th- those teams in Montreal and allow them to show what they are able to do. So they have like team that we're not used to see. So that's always something that we can do uh with DreamHack, uh DreamAc open for CSGO. And as for other tournaments, we usually more aim to do more casual, more friendly tournament. That's usually the case with Overwatch, with uh League of Legends. We're not aiming to do big tournament, uh because it's really hard or impossible to have those tournaments since they are run and they have like some rules or run by the um, the company. Uh so we're mostly aiming to do like more casual more friendly tournament over those uh and we're always trying to talk with uh those companies to try to bring those gaming Mm events inside our festival kind of like we did with uh ubisoft and rainbow six in montreal this Mm -hmm. year so we did a fifty thousand dollar tournament inside DreamHack, or exactly what we did we, we are doing with uh, WCS for the past three years mm-hmm. and
2: I, I don't know how secret it is because I am in the insider circle <laughs> with Dream because I worked with you guys um, for this one but I know the Rainbow Six event was really last minute um, it was announced really really uh, late in the circuit and like how hard was it to implement it to your Dream Act? or were you guys really flexible and you just wanted to have more content for your event
0: of course, like, when something that big comes to us, we always try to find space, and we want to add more stuff, add more content to our festival, so as if it's possible for us to add a tournament, we will do it, but like, of course, it was last minute. We hope for next year that we will be able to announce it earlier, and mm-hmm. probably do a better setup too. Um, even if this year was good, but I'm pretty sure we can always do better and add more content. So we're always open to add more content. And with that venue that we have, like the Olympic Stadium, we're able to add more space inside the venue. So in the future, I'm pretty sure we'll be able to add more content uh, to the event.
2: Okay. So let's pretend I want to start a gaming event. And uh i'm the biggest like i have big hopes but i don't know anything um what would be your first tip or at least a couple of tips that you could give someone that wants to start an event let's say they're in a place where events don't exist or uh, in a country where events you know are very small um you know maybe not compete with dream Act Montreal 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 but you know just just do an event what would you recommend them
0: I think it's um one of the main thing I think it's to listen to uh, attendees what they want, what tournament they want, what type of content they want to see in the event. That's what they will what's they will come to the event if they have stuff that they want to see. That's one thing. The other thing that I think some event forgot about is like the internet and the network part. It's usually a really art part of the event. Especially if you grow the event. To, to be, like, a lot bigger. You need something that will work all the event because attendees, when the internet is down, the attendees won't like it, and they pay for the event usually. So they really want to have, like, a good event, and it's really her hard part that we need to focus, like, to have some to have good equipment, good internet, so it works. And after and that...
2: Do you, do you need partnership to do that with, like, networks, or can you do it on your own if you're just prepared
0: I think both option works. Uh, of course, partnership is always helping the event. But like, depending of the scale of the event, I'm pretty sure it's you can do it by mm. yourself okay. if you have like people that know what they're doing.
2: Okay. Um. Yeah, you were about to say something else. Did you have another tip? Or
0: I'm trying to think about something else. But that's like listening to attendees what they want. That's okay. the main, I think that's really the main thing
2: okay so i want to i want to talk about the thing you hate about running an event (laughs) what is the thing you hate the most about running an event
0: i I will say the easy answer is like the construction part Uh to build a dream festival like we need like five days to build the event completely and it's usually really rough since there's so much to build and that's Goes also with like the tear down after the event, on Monday. Mm-hmm. So, we usually didn't sleep a lot during the event, and we have to tear down everything. Even if the event was a success, like it's hard, you don't have an, like energy to do stuff, but you need to do it. So, I will probably say that because it's a lot of hours that we put into those events. But when you see the event, like on Friday afternoon when the event was open, like when you heard the comments and about the event, and people are really happy. So, that's something that make us happy and want to do it the the next year but like the week before and like a few days after usually really hard
2: but can we say something though i saw you build the event and tear it down can we talk about the fact that i don't think any other president of any other company that big um or that runs event at the olympic stadium are actually working as hard as you is tearing, tearing it down and building him up. Do you think that's common? Because, guys, I saw Simon not sleep for like four days and working the forklift and just like building stuff. And the whole time I kept thinking like, damn, this is the president of Dream Man Canada. And nonstop, he's the one that's working the hardest on the floor. Like, it, I feel that, I don't know if it's common. I don't know if it's because of your passion about this. What do you think?
0: I think, yeah, mainly it's, like, I choose to do uh, Dream Act, like, I, because I like it. This is my passion, like, since the start of university and even before that. So, of course, it is. And I think people at Dream Act really like what they're doing. So, usually, they they work more and they try to do the best event uh, as possible for for the attendees and everyone. So, yes, I think Dream – we're well, probably unique in ID. Like events or in this the show business or kind of show business like video game events is usually you need to put extra effort to be able to do good events and i think I, I like to do it and i'm probably pushing myself a bit too much but for the result i think it's worth it to do it
2: <laughs> <laughs> you are confirmed you are putting pushing yourself too much um now what's next for simon in the Dreamhack world. What is your big, big goal? Because you guys just achieved uh, Dreamhack Montreal at the Olympic Stadium in Quebec. Now what? Like, is it just to stabilize this or do you have other big dreams that you're trying to accomplish?
0: I think short-term short, short term is effect, like, we need to stabilize the Montreal event and make it bigger, bring more stuff, uh, I think in the short term, this is our goal. Maybe in the future, like do some stuff outside of the venue, more open to public, free, like a state or something. Uh, Since we have that possibility with the Olympic Stadium, so I think short term is that. Maybe long term, maybe do another event in Canada. Of course, we were looking into it, nothing confirmed. Uh, I don't think it will happen short term, but it's something, of course, we want to do to grow Dreamhack inside canada do more than one event uh in per year in canada
2: and do you have any scoop i need i need some scoop (laughs) we're gaming and filtered you know we need to talk about real things
0: of course uh what we're looking right now is probably doing another event on the west coast um uh that will be nice for people since even in the us we don't have anything right now on the west coast but mm-hmm. it's mainly like what we're looking right now it's nothing confirmed sadly i don't have anything to announce today uh it's more what we're looking for i don't think it will happen in the next like two three years maybe after that is uh, it in Mont- your
2: hands uh, or is it in to sweden's hands
0: i think it's both uh i think we need to be able to run the event in Montreal smoothly. Uh, to be able to grow since also the Canada team is like mostly part-time people working on it. Mm -hmm. So before adding another event, we want to be sure that the Montreal event is good and will stay good and we are able to focus on two events. We need to be sure that one event is good and run smoothly before focusing on another event, I think, in Canada. Okay. We don't want to affect the Montreal event if we do another event in Canada.
2: You're the only full-time employee for DreamMac Canada, is that correct?
0: Yes, and that's mainly because I'm working on other events outside of Canada, okay. like the US event or Swedish event.
2: Can we talk about how crazy you guys are? Can we confirm? Can you tell me how many employees the US has versus you guys?
0: I think uh, Dreamac overall probably have around 70 employees, 70, 75, something around that. We're four in Montreal doing the DreamHack Montreal event. And I think in the U.S. there are around 10 employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we st- try, like, started this year, we tried to be more like a team that's helping each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we brought some people from the U.S. to help us with the event. But, like, the main team doing the event in Montreal is still only the four of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's a bit crazy that we were able to do something that big uh, with only four employees. Of course, we are getting help from people at Lan T S and other people all around, like DreamHack people still help us do that event.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: I think we're still crazy to do that.
2: I think you're crazy, <laughs> but you mentioned the Lan ETS people and all the volunteers. How many volunteers did you have for the stadium event?
0: I think we were over 200 this year. I don't have the exact number. but 200, over 200
2: volunteers. volunteers. So... Without them, DreamHack Montreal probably would have failed, right? Is that right? Of course, and <laughs> right for,
0: of course, and that's right for all DreamHack events. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think in the Swedish event, they have over like seven hundred volunteer helping wow. uh, during the event and during setup.
2: So, if anyone wants to apply to be a volunteer DreamHack, is it easy? Did they just apply somewhere on the website?
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know for next year. Of course, it's not open yet uh but usually it's like the website is just like crew.dreamhack.com, if i'm not wrong uh but usually like we post it on our facebook uh our like discord and we always announce when we need people but for each event uh for each DreamHack event of course we need crew to help us and there's especially like especially
2: people building right
0: yeah construction is always the hard part <laughs> but that we needed more and more people to do it but like also during the event to run the like the stream zone the merge booth uh we usually need a uh, crew also to help with esports so that's usually a good start if you want if you want to start in the esports world like helping at dream a dream dream event or it's usually a good start so to make contacts and build your career around it like our the current dream Ac ceo the one uh, in Sweden is was a crew like at the first DreamHack event, and now he's the CEO of DreamHack. So
2: yeah, that's it was, it's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> like, he he made it work. He made it work. All right, let's. Yeah. We have a question from the audience from Max Six uh, uh, Max Six One One. He's wondering why should I go to DreamHack Montreal 2019.
0: You should go to Montreal uh, 2019 because the event will be even bigger than last year. You'll have more to do. you probably have more esports, so different. Probably we'll bring new esports to the event. We expect to have a bigger BYOC and a bigger expo area. we we'll probably looking to add more activities also during events. So for BYOC people or just like visitor, you will be able to... My goal is to be able to always have something different to do through the day. So you can come at 10 a.m. in the morning and have fun all day doing different stuff. So I think that's the goal is to have fun all day doing different stuff, all related to gaming because we're a gaming festival. But that's the goal for next year. And that's why you should come to Montreal next year.
2: You know, you just you were answering that. And I was putting myself back into the DreamHack event uh, a couple of weeks slash months ago. And... All the ideas that I thought, oh, it would be so cool to do this next year, this next, next year, they just all got back to my brain at the moment. We need to talk, Simo. To talk. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I already did my post I'm ready. Whenever you want to book a meeting, I book this meeting for you. Next time, you book it for me. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, Simon, for being my first guest. Uh, it was the first RV Gaming Unfiltered. It was absolutely not sponsored by Dreamac. I just wanted to talk about an event and stuff with Simon. Um, do you have anything you want to shout out, to plug, to promote, or things you're excited about that you want to talk about?
0: Uh, follow us on Facebook. We will start announcing stuff for next year's event. Early in December, probably in one month, uh, during DreamHack Day. So follow us for more details for the next event.
2: All right, at DreamHack Canada, I assume?
0: Yes, or on Twitter too.
2: Oh, on Twitter. Well, thank okay. you so much, Simon. And if you enjoyed this first RV gaming and filtered with Simon uh, Marin, president of DreamHack of Montreal, we are on iTunes, Stitcher. Google, google play tune in spotify and iart you can also find us at believe.com it dot com. and i was super excited to do this first podcast with you simon and if you have any questions to simon i'm sure he's going to be able to answer them because you are so very very uh, responsive on your all your socials with the DreamHack account i was a witness of that Thank you so much, Simone.
0: Thank you. Thanks to you.
1: (laughs) When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance, while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life.